Easter Sunday always brings back memories for me. I grew up in church. Um, my mom, I had a conversation. We left here. My wife and I left here pretty late last night. Man, this is a good sign. This, mean, this means kids were here. Um, help us. Um, <laughs> come on. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, brings back a lot of memories, but I called my mom. I'm like, you know, mommy and dad, you know, they put it on speakerphone when they can figure out how to do that. Just kidding. Love you, mom and dad, if you listen to this. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, we were just reminiscing about all the, all the times that we... Uh, <laughs> I think somebody's got a phone on or something. All the times that we, uh, we shut the doors of the church. You know what I mean? I mean, we were there all day, all week, getting ready for things. And we just, we, I've grown up in that culture. And uh, so this is just, I think about all those times... If your phone's on and you can shut it off, that'd be great. I'm, d- I'm distracted easily. Oh, it's Miss Mag. Never mind. Take your time. Yeah, I'm like, squirrel. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> like that. I struggle with my attention span. I don't take medicine yet. My wife hasn't made it a requirement. <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, so I, I just think back to a lot of memories, a lot of Easter Sundays. How many of you grew up in church? Yeah, quite a few. And um, I don't know, it's just a, it's a great time of year for me. And, it, you know, it's also a time when I see a lot of faces that I don't usually see. Easter and Christmas, right? People don the doors of the church. And for those couple of Sundays, because it's what's going on in our culture, it's like time to do it. It's like that, that yearly clock that goes off around Christmas time when you hear the Christmas music way too early, right? And you're like, you're like, you start thinking, man, it's time to get ready for Christmas. And so, the, the, you know, those cues go off. Oh, it's getting ready for Christmas. Easter is a lot like that. You know, you approach that time of the year and, and, you know, you just start feeling it. And then you're looking on your phone, Facebook, where's the closest, best Easter egg hunts, right, to take all the kids. Um, but it's, it's in our culture. It's, it's who we are for the most part. We're still a, a nation, uh, you know, founded on Christian principles. And so it's neat to see that. But my goal today uh, in our current series was to bring a message that really put Easter in perspective for your everyday life. Not just Easter Sunday message, Easter Sunday theme, so that we all can get what we needed to get and leave, but get what we need for the rest of our lives to live. I think we've got enough, get what I need and leave. But we need in the church to get what we need and live. So there's really two parts to my message today. It's remembering what we need to remember so that we can live the way we need to live. You know, we, we constantly forget things. And I know, that put me in that category. You know, there were, there were things that happened in my childhood that I, Steve, I try to forget them. I try to put them out of my mind. Trouble that my family had, that my parents had. Years of trouble, years of heartache. And I try to push it out. How many of you, without raising your hands, have those experiences right now that painfully entered your mind of things that you try to forget every day? Painfully, they come back with a reminder, maybe a smell or a sign or something that you see, and it brings to remembrance that thing that you are so actively trying to push from your mind. Easter is similar to that. Because it's 
He arose because he lives, and, and it's, it's amazing, and we have victory. But Good Friday, we had death. We have remembrance. Last week, we took communion in a beautiful picture. It's all-encompassing. It goes together. You can't forget where you came from, or you won't get to where you need to go. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this morning, I'm going to take you on a journey, and I believe I've got enough time to do it. If you'll listen quickly, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. But there's a few children in here. For the most part, you adults, you can handle it. Take it in. Ask God, open my heart to your word, to your scriptures. Give me what I need. Let these scriptures speak to you. Not Pastor Matt's words. Not my message, not my little funny jokes that I just choose to insert here and there. I might not even insert any this morning. Probably will, but. But the point is, is don't miss the story, the remembering. Because we're going to take that and we're going to leverage it to allow us to live the way we need to live. So that's the expectation for this morning and for the message. Um, Before I jump in. I'm pretty excited about these little things right here. Here's the rabbit trail. Uh, they're kind of cool. I, got, I, I asked Kristen to write it for me because my penmanship, y'all would have been like, I would, I would, <laughs> if I would have wrote my own name <laughs> anyway. But I think you can read it because uh, she wrote it and it, it looks nice. How many of you have illegible penmanship, handwriting? Yeah, exactly. I'm like a doctor, man. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, definitely have bad penmanship. But I'm, I'm excited about these. And uh, it's just one step forward, just constantly moving forward, doing more for the kingdom of God. That's what it represents to me this morning. You guys ready for this? You ready for this Easter message? I've been thinking about this. I've been praying about this for quite some time. If you notice on the park bench, the cross changed colors. How many of you noticed it? Before now. Ooh, the observant people. The cross is elevated. In our city series, we're really getting down to, as Nacho Libre says, says, the nitty-gritty. And what it takes, there was the joke, uh, and what it takes to take our faith to the city, to the people that need the gospel. And on Easter, he is risen. He came out of the grave. He conquered everything that we deal with in the city. This represents... Hustle and bustle and jobs and everything that's waiting for you tomorrow. He's risen above that. He's taken a position that conquered all of that and will allow us victory. Do you understand that? The problem, the heartache, the thing that's in your mind, he's above it. Not in the sense that he doesn't want to help you with it, but he's much greater than that. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. It's because of what we're going to talk about today and about what Easter Sunday represents. All right, you ready, Jose? Let's jump in. Luke chapter 4, and here's, here's what I'll say to you. I'm going to read so much scripture this morning. You may do better, and if, if you want to turn in your Bibles, that's fine, but you may do better to watch on the screen. We built it all in today so that you can just really reflect in your heart. You can really think about what's being shown on the screen, but it is. We're going to read a lot of scripture, so get ready. Here we go. Luke chapter 4, verse 31 through 32. 
This is where we are currently in our series. And he came down to Capernaum. After Jesus was pushed from the synagogue out of the city, he slipped through the angry mob, right? And he continued his ministry. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they, watch this, were astonished at his doctrine. For his word was with, say that word with me, power. Say it, church. Power. So see, let's, let's get the view. What, what's going on? Jesus came to his hometown, right? Remember the sermon? If you weren't here, it's okay. You can go back and listen to the other two messages online. That's, that sounds good, doesn't it? Uh, you, can, you can catch up and understand uh, where we are in our series. But the point is, is that Jesus was pushed from his hometown. He was not accepted as a prophet. But he moved on to Capernaum and began to preach and teach. And there, his word was with what? power. They were astonished at his doctrine. They were like, surely this is the Messiah. This guy is the man, right? What about the next view? Go to the next slide. The next passage, Matthew 27, 31 through through chapter 28, verse 10. Here's a long portion. How did he go from them being astonished at his doctrine? All the power that he had. Check this out. Matthew 27, verse 31. Listen as I read this story. Same man. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Shift change. They were astonished at his doctrine. He preached with power. Now they have led him away to what? Crucify him. Verse 32, and as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simeon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet that they parted my garments among them. And upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head his accusation written. This is Jesus. Say it with me. The king of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him. One on the right hand and the other on the left. And they that passed by, listen to this, reviled him, wagging their heads. And saying, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days. Watch this. Save thyself if thou be the son of God. Come down from the cross. They were astonished at his doctrine. He spoke with power. And now they're walking by him, wagging their heads. If you truly are, save your what? Self. No prophet is accepted in his own country, right? Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, he saved others. Himself, he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe in him. And he trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in their teeth. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land. 
unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Watch this. And behold, the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were open. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. That's a part of the story many people don't talk about. These guys were walking by the chief priest. If you truly are the Son of God, come on down and save yourself. But he knew why he was on the cross. Hold it right there, Jose. Just hold it right there. He knew why he was on the cross. And with great power, when he gave up the ghost, it is finished. What was finished? What he became? What he took the place for? Sin. Sin, it's finished. Sin, I've paid the price. And the veil of the temple written twain. No more is the temple a place where they go and worship. The temple was Him. The temple that He was speaking of was Himself. He will conquer. He will be destroyed. But He will be rebuilt in three days. Jesus then took the temple and put it inside our hearts. Put it inside our temple bodies. At this point in the story, there's a shift change. But yet the devil thinks he still won. They're getting ready for the Easter egg hunt. Please stay focused with me. It's okay. That's the older kids class. (laughs) But understand what's going on. Next verse. Verse 54. Now, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, watch this. They feared greatly saying, truly, this was the, say it with me, Son of God. I mean, how do you deny it? There's dead people walking into the city. How many of you knew that? That when Jesus Christ died on the cross, other graves opened. Other people in that power of resurrection came into the holy city. They just didn't understand what they were dealing with. But it said that these things were done because they were prophesied. They were planned. He was the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world. Yes, He was in the garden saying, let this cup pass for me, but He did say, not my will, but thine be done. I'm getting ahead of myself. Stick to the script, man. Verse 55, and many women were there beholding after, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto Him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Begged the body, give me that body. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it 
in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of that sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, uh, we remember that the deceiver said, you following the story. We remember that the deceiver said that while he was yet alive, uh, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure unto the third day. Because in this culture, it wasn't until the third day that he was truly pronounced dead. Keep that, keep it sure, lest his disciples come by night and, and steal him away. And say unto the people, he's risen from the dead. So, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, I have a feeling that Pilate knew what was going to happen. Pilate said unto them, Ye have watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as ye can. You sense the sarcasm? Make it as sure as you can. The chief priests, the same ones that mocked him and said, If you are the Son of God, save yourself. After when he died and the temple veil was rent, don't you think the chief priests and scribes knew that? Don't you think they know that happened? Don't you think people heard, uh, There's dead people walking. It's like straight up walking dead going on around here. <laughs> Did you see the new season? Like, they didn't say that. <laughs> but, but understand that the things that he had spoken of started to happen. And Joseph of Arimathea, one of his disciples, says, I want the body. He was a rich man, the Bible says. He had a place prepared because he knew what Jesus said was true. Sorry, I'm not singing the script. But the point was, the same people who mocked him said, how about we put more guards by the temple How about we sure it up, Pilate? Do as you can. In other words, it doesn't matter what you do. It's about to be on. On that third day. Next verse. So they went. They made the sepulcher sure. Seeing the stone and setting the watch. Verse 28.1, sorry. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene. And the other married to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became his dead men. Nice try, scribes and priests. Let's sure it up. Nice try. Nice try. When the angel of the Lord came down like lightning, they scattered and they were playing possum. You see what's going on? And the angel said, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto unto them, Be not afraid. 
Go tell thy brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Powerful story. Wait, wait. Remember the objective of today. Philippians 3, 9 through 21. One of the chief priests, one of the scribes, one of the member of the Sanhedrin, one of those ones that would have mocked, one of those ones that would have placed more people at the temple, at the tomb, excuse me, and sured that up would have been the Apostle Paul. The one who rejected Christians, who imprisoned them, who was against them. I'd like to see what his thoughts were on this situation, on this scenario. These are Paul's words. (laughs) This is where I'm about to have a moment. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. Watch. And the power of his resurrection. And the what? Fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his, say it church. Well, we about to learn, you going to learn today. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Interesting words from the Apostle Paul. There were those that when Jesus, watch, died, did they attain resurrection? Speak to me, church. They came up out of their graves and what? Went into the city. There were those that by means of Christ's death, they attained unto the resurrection of the dead. Let's interpret this. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul said, I want to what? Attain. Next one, sorry. Not as though I had already attained. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I'm about to break it down for you. It's okay. Go to the next one. Brethren, I count myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded. Stay with me. If by anything ye have otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which so as ye have us from an ensample. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Those aren't those who have attained, who have understood the power of his resurrection, who have attained unto the fellowship of his sufferings. For our conversation, verse 19, is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. That's attain unto the resurrection. Do you understand, church? That it might be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. We're here not just to celebrate His resurrection, but to focus on our attaining His resurrection. 
to focus on our living, what He has bought for us, and what He can do through us in our plan and in our efforts. Two parts to the message. There's not much here at the end other than you just really digesting what we just read. Why remember, church? Why remember His passion, His suffering? Watch this. It is remembering what brought Him to us. Church, listen. Why remember? Why take the time out of our schedules and focus at all on His passion, on His suffering? Church, it is that suffering that brought Him to us. When you look at the cross view, listen, when you look at the cross view, you see why He came to us. You see why there is fellowship. The Apostle Paul put it this way, the fellowship of His what? Suffering. Why remember? That's how we communicate with God. If there be no blood, there would be no remission of sins. If there be no cross, there is no communication. Why remember? Why go back and look at the cross? Why not just wear a cross? Why not just say I'm a believer? No, 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 no. This isn't what Paul's talking about. This is the communion aspect that we talked about last week. Why remember? Why put ourselves in a place where it's quiet and just focus on what he did? Paul said that I might obtain. The fellowship comes through his suffering. This is a deep, deep, deep topic. But we're remembering today what brought him to us. Next one, we try to forget the worst things in our lives. Do you agree? How many of you try to forget the worst things that happen in your lives? You can't do that with the cross. How many of you could, could level up with me and say that was probably the worst moment in the entire world for Jesus? He was, how do you take something that is one? The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Holy Trinity. How do you take something that's one and separate it and tear it apart? That's Golgotha. That's Calvary. He became sin. Who knew no sin that we might become His righteousness. He humbled Himself. He carried the cross. Love so amazing. Why remember? That's how we get to Him. We remember that. We focus on that this morning because that's how we come to Him by way of the cross. We try to forget the worst things in our lives, but we can't this morning. Listen, that horrible thing that happened in your life, you try to push it out. Think about how Jesus feels. But we must never forget. Paul said that I may know Him. If you want to know Jesus, you have to know the cross. You have to marinate on that. I've heard some say, I don't really like to watch the passion of the Christ. I don't like to watch and see what they did to him. It's not a pretty thing. But every morning, I promise you, it will change you if you wake up and focus on what he did for you. Paul said that I may obtain. I go by way. The fellowship of Jesus is through his suffering. But let's think about how Jesus felt. All, have, listen, have you ever known someone? You ever known something? Excuse me, there it is. I just need to read. You ever known something that someone else didn't know? Anybody? You knew about something? 
like that promotion you were going to get, or you knew about something like the fact that, you know, his family had confided in him, his wife was going to leave him, and he had no clue. Something life-changing. Maybe someone told you about a family member's child who was sick, and they had no clue. They were still acting like everything was okay. But you knew turmoil was coming. Go ahead, Jose. Go next. All the while, Jesus was doing it to open up a relationship again. What do I mean by that? The chief priests and the scribes walked by and said, if you're saved, if you, if, if you truly are the Son of God, save yourself. Can you imagine the restraint? The Holy Son of God on that cross. Looking down on them. Jesus knew something, what? They didn't know. But he did it to open up a relationship with those that punched him. With those that beat him. Your sin is what he became, church. Why do we have to remember today? Because it's your sin that put him on the cross. He did it all the while just to open up a relationship. Here's the next thing. Have you ever criticized? Have you ever been criticized for something that you have no control over? No control. Not my will, but what? Thine. Jesus up on that cross. Being criticized. Next. All the while, Jesus was doing it to open up a relationship again. Next one. Have you ever been blamed for something that you didn't do? Church, are you feeling it? Oh, there was that time. Watch, watch. Fellowship in that with Jesus right now. Paul said in his suffering, we have fellowship. Listen, right now in your heart, in your mind, that time when someone blamed you for something that you didn't do, he became it. Next slide. All just to open up a relationship again. When that happens to us, we can fellowship with him in that. Would you ever go back and read? Go ahead. Would you ever go back and do it again, knowing what the outcome would be? Would you endure those work problems? Would you endure those relationship problems again? Would you go through those sufferings again, knowing Jesus knew? Jesus knew, and out of love, he endured. Do you understand? The magnitude. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Why remember? That's how we have a relationship. Why think about it? Because that's how he opened up the line of communication to you and I. Because he endured it. All the while knowing. All the while being spit on. All the while being criticized. He did it for you and for me. To open up that relationship. What an incredible thing. Living Christ is seeing who I am through the lens of his death. That's tweetable right there. Living Christ is seeing who I am through the lens of his death. If you'll focus this morning, you'll walk out of here locked and loaded to live the way God wants you to live, to, to live the way the Apostle Paul lived. But you, ha- you can't miss this concept. Living Christ is seeing who I am Through the lens of his death. The fellowship of his suffering. Do we understand? He became who I am. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Listen to this. 
For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The separation that took place was one so powerful that we cannot even comprehend. How do you separate something inseparable when God separated himself from his son? Church, he became that for us. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Church, how do we live as Christ? You live as Christ by seeing who you are through the lens of his death. If you this morning, listen to me, don't think you're that bad of a person, look at the cross. If you this morning on this Easter Resurrection Sunday say, I'm okay without him. I got this, Pastor Matt. You don't have fellowship with him. If you want to truly have communion, if you want to open the word of God and have a relationship, Paul said you have to have that relationship according to his suffering. I'm getting to the power of his resurrection. I'm getting there. Trust me, it's Easter. I have to talk about that too, right? But the problem is, church, is that we have a generation right now that thinks they got it together. They're good. I got this thing. I got it by the tail. I got the world by the tail. You like how I added an extra syllable in there? I'm good. I don't need it. And that's the problem with the church. We don't remember where we came from. We came from the cross. If you open up the word of God, you're opening up the word of God through the lens of the blood of Christ. If I could just get that concept through the teenager's heads, through the old head, through the young head, through the married couple, through the single. If I could just connect with you on the level that we are nothing without the cross. We fellowship with Jesus through his suffering, Paul said. Paul said, when I think about, here's what Paul didn't say. Watch this. Paul didn't say, I fellowship with Jesus about all the bad I did. All those Christians I imprisoned. All those rotten things I did. It's, listen, church, it wasn't about Paul, and it's not about you. It's about him. The lovely thing about this is that no matter what you've done, he was separated from his father for that thing. And that's how we're able to talk to him. I can't talk about the power of, of the resurrection without this step. I could just like, and I'm, I'm getting there, I promise. But I could just like, Jesus is so powerful and he can empower you to do anything. But the trouble is, Paul didn't say that. Paul didn't say, I access the power to apply it to my life to do whatever I want. Paul said, first, I meet him on the grounds of fellowship in his suffering. Then, I have power in his resurrection. So before we get to how we're, how we're supposed to live, we have to remember how Jesus opened up that line of communication through what he did. How many of you see the need this morning for the cross? You see the need? Then why live? Why move forward? Paul said, I press towards the mark. Look at this. Jesus went a little further. Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou what? Wilt. 
Jesus went a little further. Jesus took that next step, even in that moment of suffering. Paul said, I ain't doing nothing if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. You see, Paul didn't stop at the death of Christ. Paul didn't stop there. He didn't pull up Pastor Brownlow and say, I just fellowship with Jesus' suffering. And I'm so, I just can't believe what he went through. I mean, that's great and all. But Paul didn't stop there. Paul said, I have deep reverence and respect for my Savior. The fellowship of his sufferings that I may obtain his righteousness, his goodness. He became sin. He went a little further. He was separated from his Father to save me from myself, to be everything that I'm not. And then, Paul said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. How do we live? How do we move? How do we accomplish anything in our marriage, anything in our child rearing, anything in this world that's going to hell? We accomplish it in Christ Jesus. We press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 16 through 12. Stay right there. 16 through 22, Paul said, I'm not doing anything if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. Would you say Paul had a good relationship with Jesus after his conversion? Yes or no? He wrote 13 letters of the New Testament. Was that enough for you? 13 letters. 13 letters. That's a really good song. Look look it up. The point is, is that Paul had a great relationship. He had fellowship with Jesus through his suffering. But Paul went on to do an incredible work. Did he not? Yes or no? Come on, church. Yes or no? Turn and tell your neighbor yes. Yes. Say he did. did. Hey, listen, church. He did. He did amazing things. Why did he do amazing things? He had a relationship. How did he do amazing things? Through the power of the resurrection. Church, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 16 through 22. Now I'm ready. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? If Christ be not raised, your faith is in, say it, church. Turn to your neighbor and say, vain. Vain. Say, you're so vain. (laughs) I'm an old soul. Ye are yet in your sins. Say it with me, church. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, what is Paul saying? If we only have hope in Jesus in our three score and ten and our 70 years on this earth, we are all men most, say it, miserable. If I only have fellowship with Jesus in his suffering, then I'm miserable, Amy. I'm miserable. If I only have that connection through the cross, through his death, Through what Jesus did for me, which it was so amazing. Love so amazing. All those great worship songs about the cross. It's great. But if Paul Paul said, if if that's it, if it's only the cross, we're miserable people. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. Come on. He was the first one. The first fruits. That means there's going to be second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth and tenth fruits. 
He put a number to it. He's the first fruits. That means there's little fruits coming after him, and I'm going to be a little fruit. (laughs) You're fruity? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he's risen, and he did that because I'm going to be risen, and because I'm going to go with him, and that's powerful. Oh, that's powerful. But now is Christ risen from the dead? He's the first fruits. What does that mean, Paul? Why did Paul accomplish so much? Because he is risen from the dead. Come away, come away. Come and rise up from the grave. Paul got it. Locked and loaded. He got it. He understood, I have fellowship with Jesus at the cross, but I have power when he come up out of that grave. Why? Because he is who he said he was. But if we only have help down here, that's what I feel like other religions. I'm not picking on them. I love them. I want them to see them come to Jesus. But how do you feel when the leader of your whole religion is still in the grave? Man, I feel great, man. I've got so much help for today. I'm such a good person, Pastor Brownlow. I got this thing on lockdown. You know, this guy offended me the other day, and I was like, you know, bless you. It's okay. I can handle it. (laughs) They have help for the here and the now. The Buddhists have help for the here and the now. Do you understand what I'm saying? They have faith in someone who is not risen from the dead. But every person who is a Christian, every person who believes in Jesus has help for eternity. Not just for the here and the now. Not just for the moment of suffering. Not just for the time in life. But in the time after life. Son... If we only get help for our 70 years on earth, we're most miserable. He arose. He conquered. Saying, sirs, we must remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, the chief scribes and Pharisees said this, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure unto the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. That's like a rap. Made it sure unto the third day, lest the disciples should come by night and steal him away. Son. And say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. If in this life we only have hope, we are miserable. But we don't because he arose. Because he conquered. He attained. He reached it. I press towards the mark, Paul said, for the prize of the high calling of God. The God on high. Jesus reigning forever, Savior and King. Church, listen to me. Resurrection this morning is yours. You can attain. You can have that power. Living Christ, 21. Living Christ is living his victory in heaven, on earth. That's the power of his resurrection. Slide 21. Living Christ. Living his victory in heaven, on earth, church. Listen to me. Living Christ is understanding your fellowship in his death. But living Christ is also realizing that his victory in heaven 
is to be lived out on earth. Paul said that I may, check this, check, 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 that I may know him. How many of you want to know Jesus? How many of you believe Paul knew Jesus? Watch. Through the power of his resurrection, Philippians 3, and the fellowship of his suffering. Philippians 3.11, what's it say? If by any means, Paul said this, I might attain, I might reach under the resurrection of the dead. The last thing, listen church, because he lives, last slide Jose, we live. Because he lives, watch, we rise. Because he lives, we attain. Church, you want to attain? It's not, it's not every day somebody comes up to you and says, hey, yo, you want to arrive? And here's the problem. Most people, here, here's the problem. Most people think arriving is, I got a six-figure salary. All my kids are, you know, they say they like me, kind of. I got a nice house. I got two, three cars. I got money in the bank. You understand what I'm saying? I kind of like hip-hop a little bit. Do you understand what I'm saying, church? The idea is things. Things. If you ask someone, hey, you want to attain? You want to get there? You want to reach places? They immediately, Pastor Brownlow, go to things. Oh, I want to arrive. What, are you trying to cut me a check? Am I telling the truth or not? How would you live tomorrow if you walked into work and they said, you're our new CEO, cut this ribbon? You'd be like, wow. It'd be all over Facebook. Did you hear? I attained. I got there. Steve, I'm the man. Did you know? Ask anybody. You're the man for 70 years. What are you going to take with you? Come away. Come away. Come and rise up from the grave. It would be a crying shame to get everything you wanted, everything you went for during your 70 years on earth and go to hell and be separated from God. But you know what? Seems to me we have fellowship with someone through the cross that was already separated. He already endured hell for you. He already went through that during his three score and ten. He only made it to 33 and a half years because our sin put him on a cruel, oh, rugged cross on a hill far away. And through that brought us into a relationship. Do you remember? You got it up there. Is it in your cognizant reality this morning that he did that for you? If it is, then accept it. If it is, then attain it. If it is, then believe it. And believe that it is your greatest treasure. Cut the ribbon. Cut the ribbon. Have the ribbon. I should have ribbons everywhere right now. Cut the ribbon. I want to attain, Paul said. I want to get it. I want to rise. What did Paul do? Paul walked away from everything he knew. Paul walked away from his money, fame, wealth. Everybody knew him. He said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. As touching the law, I'm blameless. I can preach, preach a message with the best of them. Everybody comes to me. Everybody talks to me. And you know what? He walked away. To have fellowship, not with those people, but with the suffering that Jesus did for him on the cross. And he said, you know what that fellowship has taught me? That I can attain unto power that I never knew. And that's the power of the resurrection. 
Church, stop chasing this world. Stop chasing cars and clothes and 20 foes. What does that mean? I don't know. Stop chasing. What the, it, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I got him on that one. You can have fun in church. It's okay. Settle down. Are you ready to live? Are you ready to live? Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. Sing it with me. I can face tomorrow. Come on. Because he lives. What? All fear is gone. Why? Because I know he holds the future. What? And life is worth the living just because he that's the apostle Paul that's Philippians 3 fellowship of his suffering power and his resurrection wouldn't it be something if we just turn the reins over to God right now